This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our very special guest today is on a mission to wipe out cancer in companion animals and people. And guess what? He isn't just talking the talk. He's actually walking the walk again. Please give pause and applause to the founder of the Puppy Up Foundation, Luke Robinson. So glad to have you back on the show, Luke. Hey, Arden. How are you? It's great to be with you. And Pet Pals, Luke is getting ready for a major walk starting on September 4th. He wants you to join him. And you're going to discover in this show all the details after we take the commercial break. So sit, stay, get your sneakers laced up. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All behave. We'll be right back. Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here to talk about the importance of keeping your cats and dogs hydrated. Yes, clean water is great, but not all pets, especially cats, will lap up enough water every day from the bowl. Or maybe your dog is thirsty after a long walk. That's why I'm a big fan of two new isotonic drinks called Kitty Raid and Doggy Raid. And there is a great meal topper to enhance kibble called Yummy Raid. They all contain electrolytes and amino acids plus prebiotics. And they're all veterinary approved. Nice, right? Now, my furry Brady Bunch love them. Find out where you can get your paws on these healthy, hydrating drinks and gravy-like meal topper by visiting DoggyRaid.com. That's D-O-G-G-Y-R-A-D-E.com. Drink up, pets. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore, and Luke Robinson is back on our show, and I think that is great news. Luke, you have walked thousands of miles for more than a decade to raise awareness and to help get research dollars to shove that cancer to the sidewalk. Big, big respect, Luke. So let's get this going. It's the Hudson River Walk. Is that what it's all about? Actually, to date, Arden, to date, I just, I'm kind of half bragging, but I also want to get the facts clear. To date, I've walked 4,000 miles for the cause, trying to understand why our companion animals get cancer just like people do. 
And so my first walk with, uh, for my first dog, I lost to bone cancer, Malcolm. That was from Austin to Boston. That was 2,300 miles. The second walk was the entire length of the West Coast from Canada to Mexico. That was for my second dog. I lost to cancer, Murphy. And then, as you know, last September, I lost my third dog to cancer, Hudson. And so uh, we're gearing up for my third cancer walk. This one's not cross country. I'm a little <laughs> bit older than my first walk. So it's just 300 miles. But the great thing about this, Arden, is it's alongside the entire length of the Hudson River. So oh, Hudson beautiful. was actually named in honor and memory of in honor of the Hudson River, the woman that actually blessed my life with Malcolm. And so in honor and memory, in the spirit of, of Hudson, we're going to walk from where the Hudson River begins in the Adirondacks at Henderson Lake, followed all the way down the Adirondacks through the Hudson Valley wow. down to New York City where it ends there in the East River. So your first walk, Austin to Boston, now you're coming to the Big Apple. That's, <laughs> I mean, you're beautiful along the Hudson River and then now you're, onk, onk, move it lady. I mean, so there is a little bit of a terrain change, isn't it, at the end? There is. Actually, we did walk through New York City in my first walk. Uh, okay, okay. Austin to Boston, we made our way. But we did the GW Bridge all the way through Harlem, all the way down to the Brooklyn Bridge, walked over the Brooklyn Bridge, and then and then mostly through Long Island, which being a guy from Texas, I thought Long Island was named after somebody named Long. But when you walk across it, you realize that's a Long Island. So I made it all the way to Jefferson City, and then we took uh, the ferry over to Connecticut, but this walk, the terminus, the end of the walk is actually in New York City. And we just got the permission back, the approval of our permit. Our, we're going to have the final mile so everyone can come out on uh, November 12th, meet us on the Manhattan side of the Brooklyn Bridge. And then me and Grayson and a whole lots of other people and their pets are going to walk over the Brooklyn Bridge, over the Hudson oh, River. Oh, man. And then our final mile celebration, we got park approval this past week, is going to be at the Brooklyn Bridge Park Pier Number 3. It's absolutely stunning. The final mile celebration, we're going to have a big party with pets and people right there overlooking Manhattan underneath the Brooklyn Bridge. It's going to be great. I love it. What part of Texas are you from? On the Austin area, just oh, north okay. of Boston. My family, part of it is from the Fort Worth, Dallas area, Grapevine. And uh, so I've been living in Dallas now for the last six years. So I uh, just wanted to find out Austin's weird and that's good, right? It is. I kind of, it's interesting. I love Austin, but I also love the DF, DFW area, but I grew up right on the I-35 corridor. So oh, it's kind of yeah. split. It's yeah. kind of split between the weirdness of Austin and the Bible Belt of Waco. So where I grew up is kind of a, in the in-between well, so. bless you and party on. I guess that would be the combined <laughs> themes. I think being so close to Austin, that's kind of where I got the spirit and the love of animals because Austin is so totally animal friendly. A little background, if we can, because I know people know you're the man who walks, but what would be a few things that might surprise people that you did for a living or that before you started lacing up those sneakers to kick cancer off to the side? Yeah, I think the most important thing is I really wasn't a dog guy. Um, I'm a type A personality. I'm very driven. Um, I have a business degree. Uh, I started my own company in San Antonio uh, while I was in business school. And uh, in just a couple of years of business, I, I was uh, selected as 40 under 40 by the San Antonio Business Journal as one of the rising stars in San Antonio. And wow. I, was, I was 31 at the time. 
So I wasn't a dog guy. I'm a work hard, play hard kind of guy. But an ex-girlfriend of mine, for whatever reason, Dave, we were no longer dating, but I don't know why she called me up one day and asked me if I wanted a puppy. And I swear to God, Arden, I said no. But yeah. somehow I ended up with the, like a two-month-old Great Pyrenees that absolutely had no interest in listening to me. I didn't know what I was doing. It was a nightmare, Arden. I tried to give Malcolm away. I didn't even name him. I, it was just, a, I tried to give him my parents. <laughs> and I tried to give him back to my ex-girlfriend because he was a Pyrenees and Pyrenees just aren't that easily. They don't... <laughs> Oh, no. They're stubborn, aren't they? And tall and long. He was a wee Pyrenees at the time, but but they can sense out idiotic pet parents or people that don't know what they're doing very, very quickly because the Pyrenees are like thousands of years old. Right. And, and I think their attitude is like, hey, man, we know what we're doing. So people, you just stay over there. We've got this. So so it was kind of like what I call Arden, like uh, when a, 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 an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. That was Malcolm and me. Arden, I didn't win. He broke me I, and, and he changed my life. But he broke you in a good way. I, he became my eternal mate. I play golf, so he became my uh, passenger in uh, my golf cart. Was he your cart bunny? He was totally, totally my mate on the golf course. He, he never barked in my backswing. Did he give you any advice on your dog leg hits? Nothing can help out my golf game. So oh, me neither. I, I had a, a husky misname uh, Chipper, and I was playing a lot of golf. And my short game was great when I'd go Chipper. That's awesome. I didn't know you played because yeah. it's so rare to find people in the animal world that play golf. I, oh. I've seen with hundreds of, of pet families, dog families across the country. And I, I think I maybe one or two of them actually played golf with. But Oh, I always got my money's work. I was double par pickup. If you if you blow it, just keep moving. But I would hit the shots where the easy shot I would miss, the most impossible shot. One time, literally, there was a creek between me and the green, and I was chipping on, and it was going in the water. It a turtle rose up. I hit the shell of the turtle and I got it landed in the hole. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's like a that's like a once in a lifetime shot. That's better I've never than a done hole anything in one. Really like. Yeah. Did you take your kids out to play golf with you? I did take Chipper once, but there was a lot of restrictions, you know. But uh yeah. So uh and but you understand is that so Malcolm very quickly became my mate, my my yeah. mate in life, and he changed and he changed my life. And so when I was diagnosed with cancer. I just knew that the rest of my life would be devoted to trying to understand what took Malcolm from me. And then I subsequently lost two additional. Is that bad karma or is that something that's destined? And I'm, I'm, I'm praying that you're done with cancer in your personal dogs. Well, Fuzz, Fuzzy Butt number four just yeah. celebrated his 11th birthday and he's cancer, never had cancer. So okay, it's my good. first dog to reach 11 years old and never have cancer. But it's a great question to ask, Arden. So I've lost three dogs, Malcolm, Murphy, and Hudson, all three of them to cancer. So I'm 100%. That's high. We, yeah. see, we see in some breeds like uh, Golden Retrievers, we see 60% of them die from cancer. American Bulldogs, there are lists out there that list the main breeds that seem to have the greatest inclination are a uh, uh, predilection to getting cancer. Great Pyrenees do not really want, I don't think Great Pyrenees are in the top yeah. 10, but all three different dogs, all from three different places, all in three different in micro environments. But we know now, Arden, the statistics are staggering. Everyone's yeah. sort of in agreement now we're using the 6 million new cases of cancer in dogs every year. So that's the number that we're using. So wow. that in itself is astonishing.
Yeah, let's talk about that because we have done a lot advances in veterinary medicine just in the last decade. And pets are definitely part of the family. COVID made them even a stronger bond. So we have telehealth medicine, we have research, we have the Morris Animal Foundation, we have groups like yourselves. I mean, it's like you're putting an army together, Luke, to battle the worst enemy that could happen to a dog, and that's the C word, cancer. Well, what we're doing, what, what the Puppy Up Foundation is doing is different than any of the other organizations in that pet parent empowerment is part of our mission. I so like more, we have we have puppy up walks all around the country. Unfortunately, Morris Animal got rid of their walks for whatever reason, and they're oh, focused on that. The, okay. Yeah, they did, they, and they're focused on the uh, Golden Retriever study right now. But pet parent empowerment is a critical and perhaps maybe the most important part of the Puppy Up uh, Foundation because, unfortunately, there are only uh, 500 or so veterinary oncologists in this country, and they make a lot of the decisions um, on behalf of pet parents and most of them are great, but there's not really any group out there to make sure that pet parents are getting marquee, the best standard of care, the gold standard of care in cancer treatment. And I wanted to mention the 6 million dogs, the new cases of cancer in dogs every year. So wow. historically the Puppy Up Foundation has been focused on research. So we've been funding clinical trials, trying to understand why dogs are getting cancer. So my previous two walks raised money for that purpose, cancer research. Walk three, the Hudson River Walk, our focus, we've added a new pillar to the Puppy Up Foundation, and that is cancer treatment. So since we have that high number of 6 million new cases of cancer in dogs every year, most of those go untreated. And unfortunately, that's because of financial reasons. Yeah. One of the worst reasons in the world is our companion animals are not getting the treatment they need because people can't afford it. And that's unacceptable to me. We need to address the supply side and the demand side in cancer. Well, sounds like somebody's using their business knowledge and their compassion for pets to make this walk very special, very relevant. Hey, everyone, we're speaking with Luke Robinson. I want you after the show to go to puppyup.org. And he's going to tell you for the specific walk along the Hudson River, how you can help. I believe you go to HudsonRiverWalk.org. But let's keep talking because together we can make a difference. So, you know, sit, stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, pet pals. Arden Moore here. Itch. Scratch, rub, chew, repeat. Does that sound like what's happening to your pet? Help is here. Zymox skin and ear care products can help calm and soothe your pet's angry skin or red infected ears. For over 20 years, Zymox products have been helping pets find relief for these conditions. For that itchy pet, Zymox shampoo and leave-on conditioner combines a special blend of ingredients that moisturize, hydrate, and provide oh, soothing relief. For those hard-to-treat areas like body folds or the paws, easy-to-use Zymox topical cream and spray are great options. And for those nasty ears, Zymox ear solution is amazing. And you don't even have to pre-clean the painful ear. No pre-cleaning? Hooray! All Zymox skin and ear products get their effectiveness from enzymes. 
Zymox contains no antibiotics and no petroleum byproducts, just the soothing power of enzymes. Zymox can be found at your veterinary clinic, most specialty stores for pets, and online. And you can save 20% off any Zymox or Oratine products on Zymox.com. Just enter the code ARDEN20 at checkout. That's ARDEN20. Visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X.com. Pause up. Tever Pet knows there's a lot in your life that you worry about. We want to make sure your pet's flea and tick protection isn't one of them. Tever Pet offers vet quality flea and tick protection that has the same active ingredients as leading brands like Canine Advantix 2 and Frontline Plus, but that cost much less, which means you can give your pet total flea protection worry-free. Tever Pet, helping you and your pet live your best life. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, this is Ali Sweeney from Days of Our Lives and The Biggest Loser. And you're listening to Arden Moore on The Obehave Show on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I love this dude. He is Luke Robinson, and he has been on a mission, and he is focused, and he is fierce. And you know what, Luke, we need to clone you because <laughs> we need more Luke Robinsons, and so do our dogs. But I want to talk a little bit about these stats you shared, you unleashed, startle my head. But people want to join this walk on the 4th of September. Can you tell people that may say, hey, I want to be there or I want to cheer on Luke. Um, Can you tell us a little bit of more specifics? Absolutely. Um, So unlike my previous two walks, I'm only walking with one fuzzy butt this time. But great. It's Grayson. It's my new fuzzy butt, fuzzy butt number five. Um, It was a foster fail of the, the director of the foundation was fostering Grayson for a while. I fell in love with them. What, is he a great Pyrenees too? He is a great Pyrenees, <laughs> but his his case wasn't. He's a three legged dog, but his is fortunately not cancer. Unfortunately, it's a case of a neglect and abuse. Oh. So um, when I got him, he just had his limb amputated, and I swear, Arden, somehow he convinced me that I was the only dad for him. That there was no other dad for him. I was the one, and so I adopted him. And now I got him, and now I got to put him to work to do something. So Grayson and I are walking 300 miles. Okay, what leg is gone? He's back left. I'm pretty sure that, yeah, back left. So it's a hind leg. Oh, is that good or bad? I never, I always get confused. I mean, dogs are so adaptable, but is there more weight bearing on the front leg or back legs? Large breed dogs carry 60% of their weight on the front legs, typically. So, but that's problematic in different ways, right? So every good thing has typically a bad thing. Nature offsets everything. So, but we have Eddie's wheels, just got a wheelchair for him. Oh, I remember Eddie's wheels. Wow, that's been a while. Yeah, yeah. So we're not only going to be walking in three legs, but some of the areas of our walk that might be a little tougher on him, we have um, Eddie's wheels as a backup. So we'll be doing that, but we'll be walking along the Hudson River the entire way. It will be a 10-week walk starting September 4th. That's when we launch Henderson Lake up in the Adirondacks. We're not really having a big celebration for the launch because of where it's located. And I don't think there's any cell phone service for the first 15 miles of the walk. 
That's so funny. You go from remote to New York City. That's right. But it will be stunning. Um, so because we're walking basically along the Hudson River in the fall up in uh, New York State. So that's we will beautiful. have, uh, if you go to Hudson River, if you go to, it will be. And that's, you can see Hudson right there. There's a painting of him. And he was the most beautiful boy I've ever seen in my life. And so the walk bespeaks his beauty once. 100%. Yeah. But that's right. That's right. You did. But if you go to HudsonRiverWalk.org, the cool thing about that is we have a map of our entire journey. And people can see where we're at. And there'll be certain parts of the walk that will be on a trail system. So people can go meet us at a trailhead and come join us and, and be a part of walk through the Hudson River Walk. Wow. And the difference between the walk one, which obviously was a lot of miles, and walk three, technology now is your friend in social media. Every walk, every step you take. Don't worry, I won't sing. <laughs> every movie, I'll be watching you. Um, sing better but, than I do. Yeah. So, but what I'm saying is you have, since the first walk, things have advanced, not only in cancer research and hopefully treatment, but you also now get the message out easier, cleaner, bigger, right? I think so. Well, the first walk, yeah, I, I think I had some crappy cell phone um, that was donated by a radio show host or something like that. And it was just the most awful thing. Then I got an Nokia. This was pretty much before. And then by the time I got up to the New York area, the iPhone 1 came out. So oh. that's how long that was. But we use social media. We use all the tools. But you, you actually spoke to something a second ago that I really want to talk about is that is that between walk one and walk three, this walk is basically 2008. So 14 years. And in the 14 years since I've been a cheerleader, an advocate, and we've been raising awareness and educating people about cancer and companion animals. Everybody, so many more people know about the deadly pandemic that is cancer in dogs. So the great thing that we're doing though, the other big difference between the first walk and walk three is yeah. that the 80% of the funds that we're raising, well, first off, it's the goal. The first two walks, we never really had a goal because there were so long, it took so long. So we never had like a start and a finish, right? Right. But this is 10 weeks. We're starting uh, September 4th. We're ending November 12th is the final mile. So we have 10 weeks to make this walk essentially. And so we have a specific goal. We're raising $100,000 for the Hudson Hope Fund. So $100,000 for Hudson's Hope. Okay. All so right. So 10 weeks to raise $100,000 for Hudson Soap, and 80% of that is going to cancer treatment. Cancer nice. treatment. And so the 14 years since we've had the Puppy Up Foundation, I think it's 12 years since we've had the foundation and raising money, that we have all these new new tools to treat dogs with cancer, but those come at a high cost. Yeah. So so the great thing about this newly created Hudson Soap Fund that we created is that the grants that we give are up to $7,500 that goes to cancer oh, yes, yes. and diagnostics. So it probably won't cover the entire treatment, but like with radiation, chemo, it will cover a considerable amount. So hopefully we'll, we'll be able to, in the future, partner with the insurance companies and maybe care credit. And there's a, a co-fund my pet. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Dot com that's doing some really cool things. So with partnerships and collaborations, we hope to offer an end-to-end -end solution for the pet parent that gets the initial diagnosis. Your dog has cancer. They freak out. They're not thinking about money at all. They just, oh my God, my dog has cancer. I have no idea what to do. They're crying like, like the first time I got the bone cancer diagnosis in Waltham Mass with Malcolm. You know, I have no idea. I didn't even know dogs got cancer. And that at least that once they get over that initial shock that we have a solution there 
to offer them that, hey, you don't have to make the, the, the worst possible decision. Economic that, uh, euthanasia. Yep. Economic euthanasia. Absolutely. No pet parent should ever have to make that. No, I know what you mean. It's not even a decision. They're, they're compelled. It's forced upon them. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I really appreciate you distinguishing the evolution of the walks that you make. And the other thing is, any tips on walking a long time with a dog each day? I know you're, you know, how many miles you hope to do each day with Grayson. Is there some tips you can give people to keep everybody healthy and, and things like that? That is great. I believe in, I call it epic walking with a purpose. You could do a couple of miles, you could do five miles, but do some epic walking with your pets. And people look at it differently than I do because I've done it 4,000 miles and I have, we haven't been killed and haven't, thank goodness, knock on wood, we've not had any major incidents today. This is a different situation. We're walking with a three-legged dog and it represents its unique circumstances, but it, all of them are the same in the sense that I'm just walking a dog for a mile. So as how we train Arden is that we walk for a mile and then I assess how Grayson's doing. If he needs to stop and rest, then we'll stop and rest. Okay. Then if he's doing fine, we'll do another mile, okay? After two miles, we'll probably stop and then take a longer rest and then we'll snack, we'll get water. But the most important thing is never be in a hurry, right? If Good. you're in a hurry, if you feel like that you're, you have the pressure of time, then you make mistakes. And, and my walks are the most risk averse walks ever. We're not out there. We're not gunning it. We're not taking unnecessary risks. This is my boy. You know, Grayson didn't make the decision to do this. I made the decision to do this. It's all on me. I carry the onus and that responsibility. So I'm doing it smartly and responsibly. We've, we've trained with Dr. Heather Laros here in Memphis. She's oh, awesome. Nice. Shout out. Nice shout out. Yes. Yep. She's great. She's great. And uh, she's overseen his training 100%. We went through heartworms. And how old is Grayson? Did you say? A little over two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you touched on something really near and dear to my heart just now. Heartworm, heartworm prevention. Ticks are everywhere, parasites, things like that. My little dog, Emma, my Gemma, never had a eight pound dog in my life before. Came to us during COVID, no collar, no microchip, looking like a zombie dog, full of heartworms. We worked with our veterinarian, saved her life. She's three years old. She's walking like two to three miles with me. And, awesome. um, but I'm saying you are taking cautions for Grayson. And I like these tips, pace yourself, pace your dog. I mean, when you're walking with your dog, you shouldn't be like, I gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, right? Right, and don't be distracted. I can't be on, on the road because I have to have, I'm on highways, we're not doing trails. I'm on highways, byways, back roads, country roads, farm roads. So I have to listen, I have to hear, I'm, I'm everything. I'm his guard, I'm his protector. I walk towards traffic, he's to my left. If it looks like somebody's going to hit us, I push him and me off the road. I protect him at all times. But when you're walking, when most people walk their dog, they're in a park or, or in a secure, safe area. And so they tend to listen to their headphones or, or earbuds yeah. or, or they tend to talk on the phone. And the one thing you can do that fine if you're just doing a power walk. But if you're actually going to do epic walking with your companion, you know, pay attention. That's another thing. That would be number two or three on the list. Yeah, I don't really yeah. keep lists because these are almost intuitive or instinctive. But pay attention. Always be listening to your companions. See how they're doing. Talk to them. Because making it interactive, you make it more of less of oh, an yeah. exercise, more of an enrichment. I think you and I have talked about enriching the lives of your companions. And for, for me, 
I think of epic walking as more of an enrichment, not just like of a task to get done. We got to go out there and get two miles in. So for I think those are simple things to think oh, about. I think they're brilliant and they're safety. You're enriching and you're bonding. Nice. I mean, move over Forrest Gump. Everyone, we have Luke Robinson on our show, and I want you to get the info on it. I want you to do what you can to help dogs and kick cancer to the sidelines. Go to, there's two sites I want you to check out, puppyup.org. And I also, for this walk that starts September 4th, please, please, everybody, go check out hudsonriverwalk.org. Any last comment you want to give, Mr. Luke? I couldn't have actually wrapped it up better than just saying, enrich the lives of your companions with epic walking or whatever. I mean, they are with us for such a short period of time. I mean, what we try to do at the Puppy Up Foundation, I guess what I've always tried to do with, with my podcast, everything I work on, is trying to think about enriching and extending the quality of life of your companions. Because I know Malcolm, my first dog, was, was diagnosed at six. And yeah. that was in 2004. I didn't even know dogs got cancer. So he was DX at six. I lost him at eight. He was the dog that changed my life. From that ex-girlfriend, damn it. Mostly of my, the biggest inflection points in my life were because of an ex. Actually, the second dog I got was also because of an ex, Murphy. So Malcolm and Murphy were both because somehow somehow I got the dogs and kept the dogs, but, but ditched the girls, which is... I think there's a Netflix series here. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe so. I'll watch. Hey, I really do salute you, Luke, and what you're doing to kick cancer. And I like that you have a focus to help uh, this time for grants for cancer treatments. You know, you keep evolving, and we need to learn how to clone you and all your great Pyrenees that are always joining you. Everyone at this time also want to give a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound. He is the executive director of Pet Life Radio. This is the largest listened pet radio network on the planet. What? Good for you. Congratulations. And we have been on the air, Mark and I, since 07, which is the longest running pet podcast on the planet. So that's pretty cool. And he taught me how to not pop my peas. So that's awesome, too. Hey, you want to find out a little bit more about me? Please go to Ardenmore.com. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's Oh, Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.